It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What's up, folks? Welcome to Snowy Ohio, or in my case, Michigan. Uh, it is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Row and presented by Buyers Automotive. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. That is Spencer Holbrook. We're talking stuff about Ohio State recruiting as per the name. Spencer, what's up? How are you? Uh, this is the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, so that is what we discuss. I am cold. That's just the bottom line, Bert. Everybody's cold. I am warm with the warmth of recruiting uh, a glow. Oh, the, I don't even know what I'm saying, Spencer. It's just, just It feels so good to hate something as much as I hate the NCAA. And so I want to start <laughs> because um, I think that, you know, we've been talking and we talked about it last week on the show that there was finally this like optimism that the dead period be coming to an end, we could be seeing a dead period turn into a quiet period at the middle of April. And then that could run through the end of June and kids could go to camps. Uh, coaches could host visits on campus. And now here we are, a day away from a vote uh, from the NCAA Council on Competition or Committee on Council. Uh, who knows? They, they have so many weird names that don't align up with what they're actually doing. And the recommendation uh, from the these people who include, you know, school presidents and I guess students on campus, nobody from the actual football programs, um, the recommendation is that the dead period be continued until the end of May. Spencer. Why? Why? Why would they do that? I don't know. And the big head scratcher for me is, you know, are, are we going to wait until everybody's vaccinated? Because right now, I don't believe I could be wrong. I'm not going to speak for the CDC. I don't believe people under 18 are allowed to be vaccinated right now. Children, I don't think are allowed to get it. So like, if you're going to wait that long, I mean, this thing's going to go into the fall of the dead period. And if you're going to continue to push it back for safety, well, then you have no ground to stand on because there is, it's possible to do things safely. It's possible to be able to, um, you know, do things in a safe manner that, that makes sense for everybody and to continue to hurt high school kids, prospective student athletes in the NCAA who you are supposed to be for the well-being of. Uh, this is a pretty uh, shallow move. And I understand maybe actually instead of being shallow, maybe it's too deep. Maybe they're thinking too yeah. much about it because well, clearly they are. You're right. Absolutely. They're, they're trying to do too much here. It's been proven that we can have an entire football season. These kids are able to play high school football where kids are, are going to these cities and making visits on their own. They're just not meeting with staff. Are we are we that incapable of figuring out a plan where you can host three players every week or you know five players for one day and everyone it just seems like there's there's a million different ways that they could arrange this in order to allow kids to have an opportunity to meet on campus whether it's a very strict five player per week rule whatever i mean we we keep going through this and the reality is as you said this this is just hurting kids it's not well 
Um, it's, it's not doing the kids a service. The biggest thing is if the NCAA were to tell schools how they could host visits and do it safely, it would be safer for the, the, the kid, the high school kids coming to the campuses rather than having them do it on their own. Then, you know, Rajon Davis came to Ohio, came to Columbus a few weeks back before he ultimately chose USC. And, you know, there was no testing involved in his visit. There was no standard involved with his visit of protocols and quarantining and all of that. But if the NCAA were to get a hold of this thing and just, you know, put out a couple guidelines, kids could travel and do it safely. But instead, now they're just going to do it on their own. And there's no guidelines around safety at all. So if it's actually yeah. for the safety of the kids and like, hey, we don't want you to travel because it's not safe, you could make it safe. They just choose not to because I think right. it's pretty lazy. I think it's it's easier to extend this thing than it is to make any sort of decision. It's it's another instance where the need for a central body of NCAA you know, leadership is, is obviously more important now than ever. Um, and, and I want to be clear, like it's not like the the school presidents and the people making these decisions are talking to the coaches at schools around the country. This is the, the football programs are not involved in these discussions. And but they also can't get on social media and really start banging the table and say, hey, we need to host kids. It's been over a year since Ohio State's had kids on campus. I mean, it, this is becoming a, a major um, issue in regards to how you evaluate, how you build your classes, how you um, you know start planning what you really need. And and clearly for Ohio State, the biggest issue here is JT Tuomalau, who, again, I know I'm saying his name incorrectly, and I apologize, JTT. If you ever watch our videos, I'd like you to know that I'm sorry, um, but it would be a lot easier if I could just talk to you and you could tell me how to pronounce it because I, I don't know. Um, but here's, you know, that decision, he's pushed off his signing and, and his college choice under the pretense that he was going to get an opportunity to make a visit in April, uh, official visits in April to Ohio State, to Alabama, maybe to Oregon. And now that's up in the air. And, and it's just one of these things where Ohio State is sort of in a hands-tied position because there's really nothing they can do. Yeah, it, it, it puts everybody at a disadvantage. You know, all three of the schools, maybe, maybe Alabama has the advantage because he's visited Alabama before. I don't know if he's been to Oregon, but obviously, you know, these schools want kids on campus to be able to give a recruiting pitch. And, and and there are some things you just can't do over Zoom. I know it's crazy to think about because we've been on Zoom for an entire year. It seems like now I think it's been 11 months. But you know there are things that you just can't do over Zoom. And I think that's important to get these kids on campus. And I think that's one of the main reasons he's still available right now is because Ohio State hasn't gotten him on campus. I think if he would have been able to make a visit at any time in the last year, I think he would be in the class already and, and, and uh, ready to, to enroll in June. Yeah, and, and that's where things are at. Ohio State is from talking to people on Monday morning. I was told essentially there is no family plan right now for um, th those guys to to make an unofficial visit to Ohio State on their own. Um, he has been to Alabama. His parents haven't. He's been to Oregon. I think in some ways there's people out west who believe that if no visits end up happening, that Oregon is the front runner for his uh, recruitment to 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 go that way. If he just decides to make a decision. Um, knowing that he can't get anywhere else. But I don't think that it eliminates Ohio State if this dead period vote happens and it gets extended, but it certainly puts them in a precarious position um, because they'd really like the family to get an opportunity to sit down and talk to, to Ryan Day in person, to talk to Larry Johnson, to really get a sense of what it means to send their kid 2,000 miles away from home. Um, and, and then you wonder, like, you know, does it matter that much? And I don't think it ultimately, like I said, I don't think it eliminates Ohio State, but it, it does put them in a 
bit of a pickle. And uh, because the family, again, is not yet planning to make any sort of unofficial trips. And that's that's what you're seeing kids do. Let's you know look at Malik Murphy, the five-star quarterback in California, who has not played a junior season of high school yet and played very little varsity football yet. Uh, but here he is taking an unofficial visit to Texas over the weekend on his own dime, commits to Texas. Okay. I mean, it, these are the way the cookies crumble these days. And obviously everyone in the country has been waiting for the Quinn Ewers push from Texas. And is Texas going to be the team that pushes Ohio State for Quinn Ewers? And if you look at what happened over the weekend, Spencer, it would seem that the worries for Ohio State fans and Quinn Ewers, at least for now, at least with Texas, are over. Yeah, and you knew that this recruitment was going to take some wild twists and turns just because he's the number one overall player in the country. But uh, as long as he's still locked into the Ohio State class, I don't think there's anything to be worried about. You know, if, if Sark would have been hired uh, and he would have decommitted, then you have to think, okay, he's probably going to end up at Texas. Sark was hired. That initial honeymoon period, the honeymoon phase of all the hiring and, and everybody getting excited, and, uh, you know, horns up, beat the chest for Texas. I mean, that all happened, and, and he stayed pretty firm with Ohio State. He seems to be developing relationships with the – the guys in this 2022 class, I don't see a reason to worry at all right now. And, and I think anything that says that you should worry is probably just pure speculation. Yeah, there's there's probably going to be some buzz. I mean, Clemson hasn't offered Queen Ewers yet. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. They have a quarterback uh, in, in Texas whose name is escaping me, Ty something or other, who has been the long held front runner uh, with Clemson in his recruitment that they expect a commitment from at the end of this month. If they don't get one from him, if he ends up at Alabama, you could see Alabama, um, you know, go after Quinn. You could see Clemson go after Quinn. There's going to be still twists and turns along the way. But for now, Malik Murphy commits to Texas. And it doesn't mean just because Ohio State's out of the woods in that battle that Texas isn't going to have some residual impact from that commitment from Malik Murphy, who, you know, big, big time prospect, like I said, I mean, he's a five-star quarterback. In California, Texas went ahead and offered Ernest Green, a big uh, offensive line target for Ohio State in California. They're pushing for C.J. Williams, the four-star wide receiver out of modern day in California as well. So it's going to be interesting how Texas rides this wave of momentum. And, you know, last summer, Spencer, when like Tennessee and um, Miami, Florida, and had all these big commits and Florida State. And we're like, okay, relax, take it easy. It's not going to, not a lot of these are not going to hold. Texas is a different beast. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, I would throw Maryland into that mix too from last summer, yeah. for sure. But yeah, Texas is different because Texas has Texas power. And uh, it's not Ohio State because Texas hasn't won, you know, at least 11 games in however many straight seasons. But, but Texas uh, just carries a certain weight. Uh, it's kind of, to be honest, Berm, the Texas thing is kind of hard to explain as far as just like Texas carries so much weight. But if you look at the the success of Texas, they don't really have the success to back up the weight that that program carries. But it just does. It, it's just yeah. it's a different it's a different uh, attitude. It's a different way of life. Basically, Texas football. And uh, like I said, it carries a lot of weight and it's it's hard to compete with that. Even the big boys sometimes have trouble, uh, you know, getting kids away from Texas. Right. The gravitas of the of the burnt orange and the longhorns is is a different thing. And kids are going to stay committed in that situation unless they go out and they go two and nine or something stupid. But if they go out and win seven, eight, nine games, you're going to see a, a, a bloom there. Oklahoma needs a rival. Somebody has to step up. And the, the name of Texas in the long term tradition of Texas uh, is going to be a much more of a 
a long-term a long-term lure i think than maryland tennessee's that we saw last summer when there was that big rush and then a fall apart that we kind of knew was going to come because as you said there's those big names right there's ohio state there's clemson there's alabama there's texas there's georgia lsu Oklahoma, blah, blah blah and i wanted to wrap up this episode it's kind of a quickie spencer so i hope people are okay with this uh, abbreviated version of talking stuff the ohio state recruiting podcast brought to you by buyers auto um by talking about the, a battle that's brewing for five uh, you know i think five-star offensive lineman keontae goodwin he's a four-star uh according to the 247 composite but uh keontae goodwin's recruitment which for a while sort of felt like an ohio state maybe notre dame type of battle is now starting to develop into a national fight and it's ohio state alabama clemson dark horse kentucky who always does a good job recruiting offensive linemen uh that's going to make things real interesting because as, as we've seen with ohio state in the last few years they do a good job recruiting the offensive line position but when it comes to finding those five-star out-of-state kids it becomes a much different battle and i'm going to put an asterisk by that because we have donovan jackson in the class of 2021 that we've obviously talked about a lot but he was born in ohio and has a lot of ohio ties this is not the same situation yeah uh we've talked about it before i think i don't think it's a secret greg's the draw was best when he gets guys on campus and, and is able to talk to them and and i think that's one of the things that's hurting ohio state right now it hurt them with jc latham it hurt them with a couple other guys that they, they tristan light never made a visit uh that that hurts the Buckeyes. And I think that this dead period is another example of offensive line. Ohio State does a really good job, though, I wanted to point this out, of getting guys into the class before they become national battles. They really do. They, they, they lock a guy in when it's a regional battle, and then the national battle, you know, pursues, but they've already got that, or ensues, but they've already got that, that commitment uh, as like a trump card. Like, he's already committed to Ohio State, and he's going to stay committed. I think uh, – that's probably what they were hoping to do with the guy, you know, with Goodwin, with a guy like uh, Caden Curry, but th that's just not happening. And I think that's because of visits. Lack of visits are making this where some of these normally, what would be regional battles that Ohio State locks in before they become national are going to become national just by nature of what's going on right now. Yeah. In a normal year, we probably would have seen Keontae Goodwin on Ohio State's campus three times in the last year. Instead, we only see him when he shows up on Twitter and every time that you see him, he's bigger and stronger and better than he was the time before. And at six foot eight, 300 pounds, the kid moves like a power forward and is really starting to look like a future NFL you know, draft pick at left tackle. Um, and it's drawing attention and it's going to make that battle very, very interesting coming forward. So uh, I'd recommend that you go back and check out Keontae Goodwin on Bermanology and get his thoughts on Ohio State. But that one is going to keep pushing forward and certainly going to make for uh, some interesting things to watch over these next few months and an opportunity for Greg Stuwara to really lock up a top, top tier talent in the class of 2022. Spencer, anything else? Uh, not that I can think of. I think it's a good abbreviated version, but a lot, lot covered in this little short time we had. Yeah, and the, the vote on the dead period is coming this week. It'll happen Wednesday or Thursday uh, at the earliest. Um, hopefully, we'll have some good news for Ohio State recruits and fans at that point. So uh, we'll get a shout out here on that note. This has been Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Letterman Rebel Buyers Automotive. That's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. Thanks for watching, folks. We will be back uh, in a few days with more. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.